Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I always am when I do get to do these shows because of amazingly cool people I get to chat with. Welcome to the show, Miss Mary Paulette. How are you, Miss Mary Paulette? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me today, Tyler. I'm really excited to chat with you. It is my absolute pleasure. You and I met, oh, we met at a, at a, at a birthday party way back in the spring. We got to chatting and we have a mutual friend, uh, Miss Arwen, we'll call her for the sake of it because that's her name. Uh, she loves connecting. She's a manifester. And she's like, you know, Tyler, who you need to have on your show. You know, you need to talk, you need to, talk to Mary Paulette. And I was like, why is that? Or she's, well, she's a pet intuitive. I was like, okay, all right. Okay, you, you've got, you got me a pet intuitive. So before I try to attempt to explain what you do, I'll give you the stage. What, tell us what you do, what fills your days and what, uh, you know, I would maybe boldly say brings you joy because I've had a chance to work with you and seen you in your element and it's an amazing thing. So let the audience in on what, what you do and what, who is a Mary Paulette? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I love that you can see that my passion and my joy transcends in the work that I do because it absolutely brings me so much joy. So um, the best way that I like to explain it to people is that I communicate with animals through the realm of thoughts, feelings, sensations, visions, sounds, tastes, and smells. So the example I like to give is it's like putting a piece of, or sorry, putting the puzzle together. And so once I put the puzzle together, I share with the owners um, my interpretation of the communication that I've received from the animal through those forms, right? So the thoughts, feelings, sensations, visions, and sounds. So that's wow, that, the easiest way to explain that it. That was very well articulated, by the way. We're, we're well, only like you. four, we're only four floors into the elevator ride and I'm already like, oh, tell me more. I'm curious. Okay. First Ready? big question. How did you discover, how did this come to be something in your life? Let's go, let's go all the way back without taking everybody on the minute by minute. But how did this all of a sudden start showing up for you when you were a child with pets at home? What, give us a story. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll do it in little snapshots because there are <laughs> gaps in between. Okay. Amazing. So the first one was when I was two to three years old, I had a vision that my dog Brandy was going to die. So not the most pleasant. And obviously at that age, you don't have the cognitive function to understand what that means. But I remember very vividly my brother getting Brandy ready at the door to go out for a walk. My mom was rocking me in the chair and I can actually feel on my body like she was trying to hold me down. You know, when you're rocking a kid or even when Harley's in your arms and you can tell that she wants to get out, but you're holding I, her there, I, Yes, right? I do. <laughs> forced cuddles, yeah. I call it. <laughs> right, exactly. Forced cuddles. Yeah, well, this is forced nap. You know, all my okay, parents out there, they'll get me. They'll get me on that one. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was my, for, my first image. And then from there, my best friend, Lisa, I must have been in grade three. She passed away from leukemia and I had known that she was going to pass away and that she was sick. So that was really scary. So two really intense experiences that obviously led to uh, death. So you can imagine at that age, again, not having the cognitive function to be able to comprehend, um, making that mean that, okay, when this happens, people die or bad things happen. So let's shut that down. So okay. I really didn't do anything with it until my gosh, it started to kind of bubble up in high school. I always felt different. I saw the world differently. So I was kind of that person that floated between a whole bunch of groups trying to find my people, never really found my people, which was fine because it made me super independent. And I just did what I wanted to do, whether you know, people thought it was cool or not. And then it led me into very black and white roles, which 
you know, led me down the world of policing. Um, and I think that was a way to cope with a lot of the thoughts and feelings and every, all the experiences that I was feeling. So now looking back, the way I like to describe it is it's like being in the middle of a subway station and hearing all of the thoughts that everyone is thinking in that subway station and all of the feelings and everything. So it's just, yeah, it was like I was a conductor Ooh, yeah, 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 and yeah. super intense. So I didn't know what was mine and what wasn't mine. So a lot of times I thought I was going nuts. So it was, uh, it was pretty intense at times. Um, and actually, I did say to my doctor at one time, I think I am schizophrenic. And he said, no, you are not. I said, I don't know about that. I feel like I'm going nuts. So, um, you know, just kind of disconnected from myself and just really focused on black and white. Um, not saying that I wasn't flexible, but a lot of my roles were black and white roles, right? Regulatory compliance, law enforcement, that type of thing. And uh, working for the federal government at the time, I needed to speak both official languages. So I was in French language training for almost two years. And uh, during that time, when you are um, working with the right side of your brain, learning a new language, you expand your brain and your brain is open. And so my intuition started really flooding in. And my instructor was actually an intuitive and an animal communicator. So she started channeling some messages for me and said, I think it's time for you to step into it. And at the same time here, so she was in Ottawa and I was here and we did virtual um, training for the time that I was learning French. I had um, a close family friend who teaches my son martial arts, and he's always encouraged me to step into my intuition, but I was really scared all of, all of the time. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. So I had him on this side. I had my uh, French instructor on this side. And I thought, okay, you know what? I just got to lean into it. Like I've been resisting it for my entire life. Let's just lean into it and see what happens. So that's what I did. And it was really interesting. So that's pretty much how that chapter of my life started. So then I hired an intuitive coach in the US. I worked with her to understand what was my thoughts and feelings and what was other people's. And it, I'll never forget that moment when I experienced my own. And I was like, oh my gosh, these thoughts weren't even mine all of my life. What the heck? Right. So I could see how, yeah, my doctor was right. I wasn't crazy. And um, <laughs> so yeah. curious, just your doctor, when you're saying I'm having all these feelings, what was your doctor's answer to that? It's like, no, you're not this, but I don't know what you are. I'm just curious because how does the medical yeah. system often doesn't handle this type of conversation that well, but maybe just not publicly, but maybe an individual case it does. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm very lucky in that my doctor, I'll say to him, I just know, and he listens um, because oftentimes I'm right. So, um, yeah, he accepts the fact that I know my body very, very well. Um, so yeah, from that okay, side, yeah, he's been really open. Um, so, you know, obviously he's in traditional medicine, so it doesn't really mm -hmm. jive all of the time. He's of like, course it doesn't, okay, yeah. I don't really get that, but in, you know, traditional terms, this is what I'm understanding. Right. So we can usually find a common ground, which is really nice. What I'm um, also hearing though, is that certain people showed up in your life at the right yeah. time or at a time that allowed like this, I really like the idea of a guide or, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears and all those <laughs> yes. bumper stickers that we've seen, but listen so to you talk though. about, and anyone I know I've met throughout my years of travel that has, has had this type of awareness. 
there was a period of time often when they were younger when it was really traumatizing it was really hard it was very alienating and it was yeah. very lonely and it was very like you became the loner it's like we've all watched the x-men movies you know, it feels like you need to go to the school with other kids that were the same way but we don't yeah. have a system that we don't have a system that supports that in that way obviously it's a movie yeah. <laughs> not real life i can only imagine there was lots of times and and being a teenager or being a you know preteen those are tough times and any like quote unquote anyways <laughs> Let alone mm-hmm. dealing with this whole other set of realities or or, or or feelings that know that are isolated to inside your own head. That's a, that's a pretty intense journey for anyone to get through. Yeah, yeah. And I always felt misunderstood in high school. I didn't really do well in high school at all. Mm. I skipped class, didn't really care, didn't really try. Um, and it wasn't until my last year, actually, that Dr. McCullough, he was my English literature professor, and it was conversations, philosophical conversations that I would have with him that really helped me feel seen and heard. And then my aviation. So I um, was learning how to fly as well. So we had a course in high school, uh, Dr. or not Dr. Hart. um, Mr. Hart was my uh, teacher at the time. So he would take me flying in his aircraft. And that was really great too. It just allowed me to... um, yeah, step into myself and really just geek out with the things that I like to geek out. How old on. were you? How old were you when you got mm. into flying? I would have been seventeen, eighteen, I think. Yeah, in and around there, because then I took night school to because coming from Ontario, it was OAC, right? So that was grade mm-hmm. thirteen. So I started taking OAC courses and to increase my marks. I want to say in grade 12. So I was doing full-time school, summer school, and night school. And there, Mr. Hubble was my law teacher, and he got me into the policing realm. He said, you know, I think you would be an amazing detective. I think you should seriously think about the RCMP. So I did. I did. And then I went through the whole hiring process with the RCMP, during that time, it was really slow, didn't really know what was happening, and being so young at the time too, like 19, 20, right? Um, I continued on, and I, you know, it's so funny. I laugh at myself sometimes. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I am going to try and get onto the hardest police force ever. So that was Peel Region at the time. And it was, you know, women in policing weren't very, um, it wasn't very mm-hmm. common, but especially in Peel wasn't very common, and their physical testing was the hardest physical testing of police forces in Ontario. So, uh, yeah. Then next thing I know, I'm getting hired by Peel, get a call from the RCMP. Hey, we want you to come to depot. Oh, no, sorry. And they tried to recruit me quite, uh, heavily for a few months. And then, um, yeah, so no, I graduated. OPC, and So you pushed your way through it. You had the opportunity and you declined. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a really great growing at, at twenty years at twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. Just to put it all into context for those of us who can still remember being twenty a few years back, um, that's an yeah. interesting period of time. Yep, it was. It was, and and that definitely. was obviously an intuitive. That was a gut. That was a decision that you're like, this just isn't the right path for me. Yeah, yeah. And I always, now that I look back, I always listened to my gut. That's actually how I left policing. So uh, one night I was coming home from night shift. Um, and 
I just heard this voice and I saw this flash. It's like a movie screen, uh, but on fast forward, right? So I saw this vision and I saw what my life was going to become and who I was becoming to fit in. Um, You know, being on a platoon of 45 to 50 people and only having four, we were called PWs at the time, so police women. Um, Insert a little bit of an eye roll there, not going to lie. For Uh, anyone who can't see the visuals, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so there were only four of us on our platoon and it was just a really I felt like I needed to be a hard ass I'm not typically a hard ass but it was just yeah I was still learning who I was too at 20 years old right but it was really interesting because um the public really responded to me right when I showed up as me in uniform people definitely responded to me and I was able to do my job without an issue at all. One of my favorite stories, actually. Talk about tangents, right? I love um, it. That's, but, that's what uh, podcasts are all about. <laughs> right? It all, yeah. it, all weaves, it all weaves together to the, to the you that sits in front of us today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite stories was um, I got called to this fraud and I show up and I arrive in front of this office building and there's this gentleman standing there. He's huge. Okay. So like, can you imagine the rock? Um, that's how he presents in my memory. Anyway, he was so tall and so muscular, I couldn't cuff him to the back, right? Uh, So when you're um, arresting somebody, you always uh, cuff them in the back because obviously it's a risk if you cuff them in the front. So there was no possible way. And I was the only one, I couldn't get back up to get another set of handcuffs and we didn't carry two sets of handcuffs um, at that time anyway. So... um, yeah, I had to cuff him to the front. Anyway, so I arrived. This guy what, what, he was, was super he a tall. Willing, was he a willing participant at this point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to okay, that. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting there in my cruiser, and I'm basically like scratching my head, and I'm thinking, what the fuck am I gonna do? I don't think that he doesn't present to somebody who's confrontational. Um, But I'm like, okay, well, what the hell is going on here? So then I get out of my cruiser, I chat with him, and I find out that he had just gotten released. And um, he had been in prison for a very, very, very long time. So I had a certain amount of empathy with him because, you know, you've been in prison, you are acclimatized and assimilated to how prison life works. It's basically a whole culture on its own. And then you come out into, I'll put in quotation marks, society, right? Which is a different system that you need to learn how to navigate. And I, yeah, he made, he made a couple bad decisions and threatened his boss because he didn't get the paycheck that he was wanting to get. So of course he's in breach of of conditions. So I had to arrest him. And he knelt down on the ground in front of me. This is how respectful he was. He knelt down in on the ground so that he wasn't towering over me. He was absolutely so polite. And in the cruiser, there's plexiglass, right? So that he can't obviously yeah. grab me from mm-hmm. behind, that type of thing. I cuffed him to the front and I said, this is a huge liability. I'm like, you do anything and things are going to go sideways, right? And he looked at me and he said, I will never do anything to you, ma'am. You have been so polite to me and treated me like a human being. He said, I will never, like, I, I just, I won't do anything to you. He said, I understand what you're doing and I understand the reason why you have to do it. He was the most compliant person I've ever arrested. He was such a delight to work with. It was, uh, yeah, one of my favorite stories, but. So, well, 
so powerful about also trusting your intuition and meeting people where they are and treating other humans with respect. There's so many lessons totally. just in that little story that you just told. Yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, bring it, bring it back to pets or animals in our life and how you treat them and the energy they pick up off you. I, I've seen a lot of similarities, not to try to pull this back to that, but yeah. I know when, when my puppy was being a little bit more confrontational, sorry, she wasn't even confrontational. She was just being her own self. Yeah. Whenever I met that with the same energy, it didn't go anywhere good. But when I exactly. finally realized that how I treat her as a, you know, and this was my journey, how I treat her as a direct reflection on maybe how I need to be kind with myself, my relationship changed with her immediately, like immediately. That's amazing that you had that insight. That is, that's amazing. I love that. It was I also tied that. to a very deep psychedelic medicine experience that I had taken and yeah. been on. And I came out of it being like, oh, she is me and I'm her. And that's a representation of myself. And my Absolutely. relationship from her has improved tenfold and then, you know, working with you. And, but as soon as I realized that reflection was happening and actually it was showing me how I was actually not being kind to myself or that the little boy inside us or a little girl inside us. And instantly my relationship with her changed and her behavior changed. Like, yeah. you know, and I've, I've read about it and I've, I could know it intellectually, but now I felt it. It's very different. Exactly. <laughs> very, very Experiencing different. Experiencing something is very different than intellectually knowing something, right? You know, that phrase, knowledge is power. I don't necessarily agree with that all the time because, mm. you know, in the realm of self-care, we know that smoking is not healthy <laughs> for us, but we still make that decision, right? So we know how to lose weight, but we still struggle, some of us, to lose weight, yep. right? So that's where in those circumstances, I don't really think, you know, and like you were saying, knowledge is power to an extent, but there's got to be the experience behind it for sure. What is it? Knowledge is power, but experience is transcendent. Is that our, yes, is that our yeah, quote? I, made, I just, exactly. yeah, I'm like, if we're going to make up a quote for today, I'm going to, that's going to be it. Yeah. Okay. I love experience it. Experience is transcendent. Hey. Yeah, if you're going to transcend where you are. That's the only way to really do it is if you feel it. Mm. Yeah. You know, that gives me a jumping ground because yesterday I was having more work done on my tattoo and uh, my tattoo artist said, I think we should put story quotes around your tattoo and insert them. So thanks. <laughs> like that, that's planting the seed for some material, <laughs> I love it. something for I love me it. to jump off of. <laughs> good. Well, already where we could hang up now would be a good episode, but we're not exactly. going to hang up now because we still got to get into. So right? amazing, yeah. amazing. So many lessons out of that story. Thank you for sharing that. And now let's talk about so to be clear, and you and I've chatted about this offline, this isn't something you can do, and I want to be careful even how I word this, but this is, this is a skill or this is a, um, a way of being that you can have with humans or with animals. You've yes. chosen to work with animals. Primarily. So that's how I brand okay. myself because okay. when I was doing my, so just to rewind a little bit. So as I was exploring my gifts, I was trying to figure out, and now I realize I will never be pigeonholed. You can't just, uh, I'm just, I, mm. yeah. It's impossible to pigeonhole me. I have tried many times and it doesn't work. <laughs> so I have stopped. Right. I got it. So, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to figure out, okay, in the world of intuitiveness, right? Or psychics or what have you, mediums, where do I fit in? Do I talk to dead people? Do I read cards? Do I talk to angels? Do I talk to fairies? Do I do crystals? I don't know. Mm. Right. So I kind mm. of dabbled in a whole bunch of different things. And what I really got present to was that the power is a in my hands. So then I would follow the, the ping, so to speak, of learning energy healing modalities that had to do with hands. So um, Reiki wasn't one of them, but bioenergy healing was the first one that okay. I did. And then from there, I jumped into the emotion code. And so um, where was I going with this? 
<laughs> in terms of how, in terms of how the like the, the people versus humans, and I think more yes. so, I will yes. not, I will not Thank be you. one thing. I will not be categorized because <laughs> my you. gifts, my gifts transcend, and that's the word for today, I guess. Transcend many different areas. I'm paying attention to the story. <laughs> I know. And I'm sitting here I'm like, oh, wait, hang on. I'm talking about my energy healing. What was the, yeah. So, um, so that's where I learned. So I can work with people and animals, but when I was doing my emotion code work, I needed through my certification process, I needed to work with people and animals. And it was quite an intensive uh, certification uh, okay. process. So when I was working with animals, it was just so immediate. It was just right there. And with people... It was like, I still had to pull a little bit. Like there was this, it took a little bit of work, right? So- um, And is that, ref is that reflective of being, you know, I would imagine animals in my own experience, they live in a very raw state. It's, it is what yeah. it is the moment that it is. We're humans, we're always telling stories and we're overwriting what we feel and we're trying to intellectualize something that should be more internalized. And I feel there's a lot more noise going on because of this like, you know, pesky conscious brain and unconscious brain that we have running all the time on, on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And at the beginning too, I had to learn that, um, to tease out my human, um, response to what I was receiving from people versus intuition. Right. So it was ah, just a little okay. bit more complex with animals. It's super, um, yeah, it's just, it's super clear for me. That's how it works. So um, through working with animals, though, my clients often ask me, hey, can I get a reading from you? So it's just grown from there. And now right. I work with people all over the world for um, personal readings, readings with their animals, and also communicating with those that have passed, people and animals as well. So I can also yeah. only imagine, and I'm, again, using my own personal experience, and I had a friend that has been through this and she was very like, no, it's just about the animal. It's like, well, but you as the owner, as the, the sharing the space with this animal, there's a huge interaction. It's not just yes. like, you can't look at the animal as this little thing over here that you're somehow separate from that. I, I exactly. don't believe that at all, at all. No, at all, at all. no. My moods, my energy, my interaction absolutely is responded to like almost as a mirror sometimes or vice versa. Sometimes I became a mirror to her behavior, meeting, meeting Harley, my, my beloved pooch that anyone who knows me knows that I've fallen head over heels for this amazing dog that's now in my life. But the amount I've learned about myself is crazy. It's so fun yeah. that I didn't go in expecting that to be a thing. You know, right? like there's like, oh, I had dogs growing up. No, no, they were my mom's dogs. Once you have your own pet, it's a whole, for me, it's a whole other bag of tricks. <laughs> mm -hmm, it is. And, and that's, you know, I do find that sometimes in, in sessions. So it's, I end up working with the owners as well, right? Because there are messages that come through because our state, like you were saying, does affect our animals and our animals are concerned about us. So they do feel responsible. They do feel, they do take on the burden. They do absorb, right? So mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. And I always like to let people know, you know, it's, it's just, it's something that's inevitable. You can't have two beings together and not have an energetic exchange. Right. So there's hmm. got to be some type of, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's a connection there. Right. Well, that's so, the bond. That's, that's part of the, yeah. and curious, how does that shift from, let's just a horse, a cat or a dog. I'm just picking, I'm picking three randomly. There's nothing to do with any, cause your cat is sitting on your lap right now. So I, I can't not yeah. think cat, but then I know people, I know horse people. Yes. And I've been around horses enough to like, sometimes when they look at you, they're like, whoa, you just, you just looked into my soul. Like I felt it, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm not a, I wouldn't call myself a horse person. Didn't grow up around, but I grew up around, you know, in, around cattle and large animals. And it's definitely an interesting thing. So I'm curious in the work you do, does it really like, 
nature versus nurture, the breed. I have a herding dog and she does things that are just her nature. Then I see other people that have different types of dogs and they have different tendencies. They weren't trained, they weren't raised, they weren't taught at dog school. That's just what they do. Does that show up even in how they interrelate with their humans? Hmm, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to remove the animal instinct, right? So, I mean, we are animals as well, right? So (laughs) some uh, of us more than others from time to time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know, disconnecting or separating instinct is, I think it's virtually impossible. There's things that we do instinctually. We might not understand it or have the, um, maybe the the depth of research or what have you. But we know that there's behaviors that we do as humans uh, that came from before, right? Yeah, yes. If you want to <laughs> and I use the, the word before because there's yeah. a lot of different um, beliefs as, as to, you know. Of course there is. How we evolved, right? And well, that's yeah, totally the, okay. The biology of belief at the genetic level. Uh, yeah, there's, there, that's such an interesting um, rabbit hole to go down generational trauma which yes. i feel that's a whole other episode we'll st- we'll stick a little bit more leaning more into the yeah. animal side of things and yeah. you know connect with mary Platt, animal communicator it's an awesome and and is there an excitement like when i first connected with you i was excited like i was Ooh, excited I to it. like to go like like i want to learn more what harley's thinking and you know and this is a dog that at this point i've had for over a year i'm super invested in but there's certain behaviors where i'm like what is going on in your little brain right now like there's something like you're reacting or you're acting in a certain way because of something and when we got into it with you I was, there was quite a level of excitement not really knowing where it was going to go and we've seen some very positive changes in her behavior we've done three sessions with you which the first one i felt was really a session with all of us and then the following two sessions were more sessions for harley so that was interesting in itself where it was like, no, no, we're going to work on some of her healing and some, and some of the past work I'd done on with myself, with intuitives and healers as a human, I watched you mirror those same types of modalities or that same approach with her. That was interesting. I wasn't really expecting that. I didn't, you know, when you don't know what to expect, but you weren't expecting yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you, talk to me a little bit about, about even that, about how similar it actually is. And that's, sorry, that's my observation. So I'm putting words to that of like, oh, wow. Like when I did work with intuitive and we went through my past beliefs and the traumas and the things that I was holding onto and my belief structures that maybe were established when I was very young that I'm still dealing with. I watched you do that with Harley and what I would say is almost like the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that is actually a lot of, um, Uh, it covers a lot of how I work. So I like to make myself very relatable and practical for people to understand. Because when you get into the world of metaphysics, you can lose people really quickly, you know, (laughs) when you become unrelatable. And we're, we're all human. So we all have the ability to experience a whole spectrum of experiences and emotions and, and that type of thing. Right. So it's really, I find it, um, it works very, very well when I relate it to the human experience because that gives somebody uh, okay. the ability yeah. to understand. So comparing it to a child, especially with a parent, then they can understand it from a different perspective, right? Comparing it to, you know, um, I'm not speaking for you specifically, but I'm just saying, you know, um, past trauma. And I also want to be careful with the way that we use the word trauma because trauma okay. gets... Yep. Um, like just for clarity purposes, right? Because trauma doesn't always have to be something um, bad that happened. 
essentially it's trauma is what happens to your body. It's not what happens to your mind. So, and when it happens to your body, it's just, it's a trapped emotion that's stuck in your body. So it's an emotion that hasn't been able to be processed. And then it's stuck as a memory, right? Just because if people, sometimes people get turned off. If we use the word trauma, they're like, oh gosh, well, I don't have any trauma. Is, I don't know. You can, you can use the big T or you can use the little T. Uh, Basically trauma is anything that's not resolved, right? So I really appreciate I that. And I've had a few guests on recently and they're like kind of talking about that of like, we're, we're kind of flying the trauma flag a little bit loosely. And some people really like re- recoil from it, but yeah. really I like the other, I love, love the perspective of it's just a trapped emotion or something that's unresolved in that way yep. yeah. that, that you're carrying around. And I think that's a much more approachable or maybe you're, you're right. It turns people off or can really push people away. And yeah. sometimes also trauma, trauma gets used as this weird, this weird badge and this weird, like, yeah. Well, I have trauma. That's why I act that way. I'm like, well, wait a second. That's not an excuse to act like a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. Because <laughs> totally. the fact you were aware enough to say it, you should be aware enough to like at least become aware of your behavior. Yeah. But that's, again, that's another episode. I find that happens often. Yeah. We could talk yeah. for an hour about that. So yeah. I really like about what you said about making it relatable. Because that was 100% yes. my experience. I'm like, oh, wow, I get what's going on here. And mm-hmm. then I see some of the behaviors that maybe she's exhibiting being my dog and going, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. So I was able to rationalize it in a human in a human way that allowed me to feel more connected to the experience, and then yeah. and then observe the after and like how things actually changed. Yeah, oh, that's that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with me because, um, well, it's really important for me to understand as well how my clients experience it on the other side. And so the other belief that I have is that joy is one frequency. For an example, right? Mm. So whether you're an animal or you're a person or you're a bird or, you know, um, there is just a, a standard frequency for joy and all of these other emotions that are there. So using that as the uh, the baseline uh, makes it um, easier as well to, at least that's how it occurs for me. And it makes it easier to explain as well. Right. Okay. Because they can experience, I mean, if frequency is a frequency, you can't really change it. Right. Energy is energy. So it's just the, uh, I don't know, I'm getting back into my science days, but like, you know, the gigahertz and the, I don't know, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) Wavelength. No, but I I love the concept of frequency and how that, and and how that bridges, whether it's an animal or human, their joy has a frequency and, and, and building off that. And when you get into the frequency and the vibrations and yeah. If someone has a higher vibration, you feel it, or they all of a sudden their life opens up and they're easy to connect with. Like there's so many things and, and, and yeah. they're not good or bad. They're just frequencies to your point. Exactly. We don't need yes. to label them. <laughs> yeah. Some are more beneficial in some situations and some are more beneficial in others. Exactly. <laughs> when, you're to, when, you're, when I'm trying to outrun the tiger, there's a certain, there's a certain frequency I would like. Problem in yeah. our world is there's a lot of make-believe tigers. There's emails, there's bings, there's likes. There's a, that's the problem, but that's another, <laughs> that's another thing. Right. Yeah. There's lots of fake, there's lots of fake tigers attacking us. This causes our, you know, that jar in our, in our, so talk to me, like, let's get into the nuts and bolts. You, we signed up for the session. We're like, okay, this is going to be great. We jump on the phone. We do it over zoom because you work with people all over the world, which I think is very, where's the most, where's the, where's the, I don't don't use the word coolest, but where's the most random where you're like, yeah, I worked with somebody in like literally Timbuktu. (laughs) Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, I work with people in Thailand. I have a huge client base in Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Mexico, all over Canada, all over the U.S., uh, the U.K., Switzerland, 
Do you work 24 hours a day? Because you just you just covered a 24-hour time zone right there pretty much. I know, I know. <laughs> from from well, Thailand and Australia, like 24 minus 7, is that mostly the yeah, Australia time yeah. zone? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I do have varying time zones available so that people from across the world can access me for sure. But That's very um, cool. okay, the most remote, I would say, or the most unique, I don't know, there's been the Philippines. I thought Thailand was pretty cool. That is pretty so, cool. So yeah, yeah. Maybe most 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 random or unique animal you've connected with. And then we'll get into the process of actually how you do it. Oh, Whew. my goodness! There's been a whole spectrum. Uh, I had a client <laughs> contact me about her piranha in Lethbridge. I have clients. It's really interesting. Canmore seems to bring me lots of clients who want me to work with their fish. Fish That's so interesting. are magnificent. Um, they oh, okay, okay. Stop. Everything. Tell us. About, tell us about the piranha. Okay, so tell because everyone's like, "What did she just say?" Piranha. So okay, yeah. fish are magnificent. What they notice everything? They're just watching from behind the glass. Like, tell me a little bit more. What do you mean by magnificent? That's awesome. You lit up when you said that. Oh yeah, they're just the coolest creatures because they see everything. They see everything, and they know exactly. So, uh, for example, in Lethbridge, um, I knew nothing about piranha, and my client said, do you want to know anything? I said, no, I want to go into this cold, like completely cold. So I get into the session, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I could just feel this resonance that I had never felt before. It was really interesting because my zodiac is uh, is a Pisces as well. So... Um, so You're channeling your inner fish. I love it. That's I know, so good. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So um yeah, I'm I'm connecting with Big Tony was his name. And he was telling me about the other fish in the tank. And I said, You didn't add enough salt to the tank, their color, because they were pale in color. And her jaw just dropped. And she said, What? And I said, yeah, I, I don't know. Tony is telling me that there's not enough salt, that you didn't put enough. He needs, they need a little bit more. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's not enough. So she said, I literally just put salt in the tank yesterday and I was worried about them because they were acting lethargic, et cetera. So um, a couple of days later, she said, uh, after our session, she went and put more salt in the tank and their colors came back and, and everything like that. So that was really cool. But um, he was showing me this man sitting at a table in the kitchen with one leg propped up. And I knew that the leg was injured. And he said, he's having trouble healing. And, uh, and so then that was her husband. And she said, yeah, my husband's been off work because he has a, a broken leg. So he walks around with the crutches and that's where he sits because it's the most comfortable. He can keep his leg, not super elevated, but pretty much mm -hmm. flat, right? At the kitchen table. So, um, just, yeah, that, and he had a lot of wisdom to share. So there were some messages for me in there too. It was just, it was really a unique experience. That was my first fish that I connected with. So yeah. That is so interesting. When you say showing you, so you see this in the terms of a vision, you see this in the terms of like, you're just sensing someone sitting, like that's a very, like, that's like, we're not, we're talking movie screen now, TV screen. You're seeing someone yeah. sitting at the kitchen table. So you're seeing that as a, as a picture in your mind's eye. Yeah. So so that experience came through to me as as a uh, movie clip, so to speak, right? So I could I could see it, picture it there, but I was also feeling an injury in my leg. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I knew so that there was kinesthetic, an kinesthetic as well as visual yeah. from the perspective yeah. of how it comes across for you. Yeah. And is it different every time, or do you? Have, is it kind of more of a yes. set experience? 
It's always yes. different. So when animals have um, different languages, so if there's different languages spoken at home, I can usually pick that up. So they usually communicate to me in uh, visions as opposed to auditory. But um, yeah, there's a whole realm. It really depends. So senior animals, I tend to really feel it in my body because sometimes they have dementia. So I can pick that up in uh, the memory that there is a memory gap there. So, and that's another really unique thing for me. Um, so if anyone has a brain injury or they have Alzheimer's or dementia or stroke or any brain, um, brain impairment, I'm able okay. to connect in with them right away. It's like a direct line. It's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen that show on Netflix about, I think it's called what cats think or what is it? I'm not sure. I haven't no. watched it. I was curious no. if you've seen it and if it was accurate or not. Okay. Our, uh, no, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Those, yeah, no, I, I haven't watched it. I have a friend watched it. They said it was very entertaining. I don't know if they took it beyond that, but it's, it does. Because well, sometimes I was, it comes across gimmicky, right? So of course, that's yeah, why, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's almost it's yeah, somewhere between Walt on. Disney and yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. Mm. Yeah, is that? This is a weird question, I guess. Detractors, which it doesn't matter, because obviously you attract people that are very uh, into and are open and want to really learn more about it. Of course, I'm always thinking like, oh yeah, how do you people like? want to believe it but struggle to believe it because it's so outside the realm or i guess is it more the people oh okay yeah. please tell please totally tell. skeptics <laughs> okay We're yes going skept into the skeptic. world of skeptics right yes yeah. let's talk about skeptics hey man <laughs> in every single podcast that i've been asked about this or interview what have you i was a skeptic too and i love that i can swear because uh this is how it occurred for me i am fucking making this shit up there is no way I am going nuts. There is no way. So yeah, I thought I was, I thought I was just pulling shit out of my ass, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, just so that people can really get a sense of, oh yeah, I was there. But then the animals that I was communicating with, the things that I would know, there's no way, there's absolutely no way I would know those things. So universe was hitting me on the head and it was like, dummy, hello, are you going to believe this or not? Because we're tired of knocking at the door and you not answering. So kind of, you know, yeah, <laughs> step up here. So um, I've already met my swearing quota, so I won't use no, the that's other right. word. No, I think you, you've nailed it. You've nailed, use, it. But, um, you nailed it. Yeah. So I definitely relate with skeptics. I actually had a couple connect with me from, where were they? They were in the U.S. and this was just last week. And um, she sent me an email and she said, "Can can I connect with you? Like my dog is basically uh, at emerge and things are going sideways really quickly. Can you fit us in?" So I was able to um, to fit them in right away within a couple of hours. So I'm connecting with her and she's showing me a picture because their dog was still at the vet. And her husband was over here in the shadows and I didn't really see because it was dark out. So she was in the main frame of the, the Zoom call. And I said, oh, okay, so this is what I'm picking up. I'm picking up blood and a possible blood transfusion. And all I see is literally this person jump up and was like, no way, no way, like this. And he goes <laughs> running behind her on the couch and he leans over and he's, you know, going like this into the camera. So like really intently into the camera. Did you, and he's pointing, he's like, did you just say blood and blood transfusion? He's like, there's no way. 
And he is just in such disbelief. And so it's moments <laughs> like that that I love because he was a complete skeptic and that was okay. I'm not threatened by skeptics. I don't need to make anyone believe that it works or that it's real or what have you. Right. So I really appreciate uh, that answer. Yeah. 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 I have no judgment. I have no is judgment this, at all. Arwen told yeah. me a story about you were working with a couple and uh, I, I'm, this is when she was telling me about you and it was a couple that were trying to lose weight together and somehow oh, the dog ratted out the, the, the dad or the man for going down in the basement and like sneaking chocolate bars or something. Like that's the story that I first got told. Her. I was like, you got to meet Mary Paulette. And then she told me that story. I'm like, that story is hilarious. So anyway, yeah. is that a real story? Like, did I interpret that, that properly? That is a real story. That is a real story. Um, I still work with them. Actually, I work with a few members of their family, and uh, they have expanded me out to a bunch of their their people in their network. And yeah, essentially, what what uh, I was like, okay, well, Dad, you're getting called out here because he's saying that if you dig down into the garbage. Um, under a few layers, there's all the candy bar wrappers and they just started howling and it turned out it was true. <laughs> rat it out. Why, you son of a bitch, rat it me out. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny with animals <laughs> and kids. They rat it. They're just like siblings. They'll rat each other out. No problem. That is super funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cats versus dogs. When you connect with, are they, are they, cause there's cat people, there's dog people. I will narrow this down. And um, people that love both. Are they really different? Is there like when you connect in and is, is just thinking about the energy, we're getting, we're going down the rabbit hole a little bit here on this one. <laughs> um, no, there really isn't. Not oh, for okay. me anyway. Okay. Cool. Um, because cats, they come across this suit. They're definitely way more observant. How about that? So that's mm. where there's a difference there. So, okay. you know, in terms of what they observe and well, yeah, cats will definitely tell you that dogs are dumb most of the time. <laughs> yeah yeah so if there's a cat that, and a that's dog funny in the house, okay that that's funny they'll rib each other yeah so that is funny so that yeah. is literally like a cart like looney tunes <laughs> yep pretty <laughs> the, much the cat versus dog which we've all been you know obviously that, that's been yeah. over stigmatized that that relationship um most powerful story or story where for you i'm assuming that sometimes this can be very emotional whether <sighs> it's a pet at the end of life or a connection with parent like Talk to us a little bit about how real this can get. Like we've we've talked a little bit on the lighthearted side, but also pets. Like now that I am a true pet owner and I experience this connection, like the fear of loss or the fear of whatever anything happened, like that's real at a level I've never experienced before. So I can only assume that part of your interaction with people and their animals is around some of these things. Yes, yes. Uh, end of life and senior pets, and. Um... <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely heavy. Um, I, geez, I don't even know where to start with that. One of my first clients, I had a vision about her dad and it came true and her dad passed away basically three months they knew that he was sick, right? So he was terminally, and she was just wondering what the timeline would be and what the experience was going to be. And it was basically right on the nose. And um, I had a hard time at the beginning when I got the sense, like it made me scared because it, it brought me back to when Brandy passed away, when Lisa passed away, right? And so... Um, yeah, it can be really intense. And I think that losing an animal is an underserviced part of 
um, I don't want to say the industry, but it is like, you know, support for grief of losing an animal. It's just as traumatic as losing a human. And sometimes, you know, I think this is a message I'd like to share with people. If you have somebody in your circle that their dog or their animal passed away one, two, five, eight years ago, try to give them a little bit more compassion and space to deal with that grief because it's not just an animal. It was a loved one to them. And while you might not have the same uh, depth or appreciation for your animal, which doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just you have a different depth of relationship and that's totally okay. Right. But I mean, there are people we, we allow people to still mourn their parents, let's say, you know, years and years after. But if somebody's mourning their animal, it's kind of like, well, yeah, your dog died five years ago, man. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, you know, I would say just give them the opportunity to just be safe and uh, hold the space for them to grieve that so that they don't have to feel shame. Because a lot of the people that I work with, there's a lot of shame in the grieving of their animals because they're afraid of what people are going to think. So that's probably what hurts my heart the most. Um, and obviously when I have to share with people the wishes of their animals, that's always, always so hard, but I always do it no matter how hard it is. I always say what I'm supposed to say during the, the session, no matter how hard it is. And I've heard from a lot of people that if it wasn't for me, maybe in the way I delivered it or just my connection with them, they would have not been able to accept that or hear that mm -hmm. from anyone else. So yeah, it's something that I take very seriously. It's something that I'm very passionate about with senior animals and end of life because yeah, I think it's just something that doesn't get talked about enough. So I really appreciate that perspective and I would take it one step further. I I think we do a very poor job of dealing with death on a human level in our yeah, in our we in our Western culture around how to respect it and talk about it. And I've recently discovered uh, Anderson Cooper has a new podcast called All There Is, and his his mom recently passed away. So he's having conversations with a uh, one specific conversation he had with uh, Stephen Colbert, who lost his dad and two brothers when he was ten in a plane crash, and they talk oh, about wow. death and the perception of it, and somehow you know how we kind of don't set ourselves up for, for being able to deal with it and allowing ourselves to grieve and finding love and grief and all those things. And it's been a powerful listen. And, you know, I would have been that person who probably would have shown, not probably, I would have shown, oh, it's just your dog, get over it. Ooh, yeah. I, I don't think that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I got, this dog is in my life. And a friend of mine asked me right after I got her, she said, why now? And I just, I answered really quickly. I said, you know, I want more love in my life. And that's because, and it's funny how you answer something so quick and you're like, well, where did that, I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. But when you invest in that and you experience it, like the, the joy and the reward ultimately will set you up for a level of grief that maybe you just hadn't bargained for or certainly hadn't mm -hmm. thought about yet. We all know it's going to happen, but yet we all refuse to speak of it. So that's why I brought know. it up. It's been on my mind a bit more lately of, I do believe that most things get better when you talk them through and you share and you get new perspectives, but we don't, we push it under the rug. And I think around animals, I really appreciate what you said about giving that person a bit of grace and giving them some respect yeah. not, to not feel shame. Just, yeah. just what you need on top of grief gift. is on top of grief is shame really. Cause that that's, yeah. it's already going so well. Let's, let's feel bad about ourselves at the same time. Totally. That's so, that's yeah. so, that's so, that's so powerful. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah. Advice and broad statement, you know, 
I'm a pet owner and I'm listening to this aside from having a session with you, cause it's tons of fun and I couldn't recommend, I give it five <laughs> stars all day long. I did give you five stars on Google because uh, I, cause I loved it. It was so fun and, and, and Harley is, is grown and evolved and I've seen some positive changes. And like I like you say, be a pessimist, be, be, be skeptical or not. I saw it happen. So I'm like people are like, well, what if it's not true? I'm like, well, I don't care because it is. And I saw it happen. But right, overall yeah. through all of the experience you've had with pets and their owners and owners and their pets, any advice or any any kind of broad sweeping statements you would give just from just for for the fun of it because you've yeah. had such a rank side seat to so many really cool relationships between people and the animals they love and they love them back. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So it's again I'll use another human analogy. You know, you've got medications, medications are typically um made to work on the median of people, right? So let's just use the 60% and then you have 20% on this side, 20% on the other side, right? That it doesn't work right on either end of the spectrum. So it's the same with any approach with animals. So whether it's training, um, different medications, that type of thing, it doesn't mean that because they're an animal that the same approach is going to work for every single animal. So they're individuals just like us. That means that their needs are different as well. So the way I like to um, explain the needs of animals to my clients is they have love languages too right? So if anyone out in the audience understands love languages, then you'll get where I'm at. But um, we often think for dogs, for example, that they experience the world through smelling. Smelling is a component of their world experience for sure and their development and that type of thing. But there's some dogs who could care less, right? They don't, they don't have anything developmental that comes from that. So some dogs experience the world through everything that they see. So they need to be shown things. Some dogs need to be told things. And this is the same with any animal really. But I'm using dogs as an example because, you know, if I asked you, hey, how do you think dogs experience the world? Or what sense do you think that they use the most? You would probably say smell, I'm assuming. Sorry, I just led you into that. No, but. no, 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 I know. But based on my dog, I've seen her. She's incredibly intuitive. So I watch her react to things and then they show up 30 seconds later. I'm like, how did you know that that was coming around the corner? So I've learned to be much more open to, there's an intuitive nature. And someone said to me about having an Aussie, they said, you know, some dogs react to what happens. Aussies like to react to things before they happen. And now yeah. I've started to observe that. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, what superpower do you have? Is it scent? I don't, you're inside, they're outside. Energy. It's probably not scent. So I've seen the energy, I've seen her pick up on things and- I've yep. learned to go, oh, she's starting to notice something and boom, it yeah. shows up 20 seconds later. It's very interesting. Yeah, they're antennas. And, and, yeah. Very, so yeah, right? so I, I'm very open to it, but I 100%, yeah. Oh, dogs yeah. and smell, that's the way it goes because we've been kind yeah. of taught that, right? Oversimplified. Yeah. No, I mean, you can really increase the quality of a dog's life if they are auditory or if they are visual, because you're going to give them a completely different experience by being able to interact with them on a more auditory level. And what that means is basically talking to them like they're a human. Now, there's different schools of thought from trainers, and I'm not a dog trainer, and I don't... Um, I'm not here to argue different beliefs with that. I'm just saying with the approach that I use with my clients, um, they've seen significant improvements in their animals, just relating to them, you know, in the way that they want to be related to. The other thing too Very is cool. Cool. boundaries. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Um, <laughs> force, back to force cuddles. Force cuddles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like us where, you know, if somebody is around you all the time and you're just like, man, I need five minutes away from you. 
Like, give me at least five <laughs> minutes, dude. Yes. You know, yeah. something like that, right? My parents can probably relate out there. You know, when your kid's just like, mom, 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 right? Like this, my, my, <laughs> my son's 13 and he still moms me all the time. I'm like, Austin, can you say a full sentence, please? <laughs> right? <laughs> Followed by mom. Bound- and, boundaries. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the same with animals. Animals need boundaries. They need space. They need to have timeouts, I'll say. And timeouts does not mean crates right? Timeouts mean, hey, they have a bed. And when they're sleeping in that bed, they know that they are undisturbed. That is their space. It's no different than us going to our bedroom and closing the door, right? So affording that private space for our animals so that they can uh, transmute the energy, right? So yeah, discharge because they take on energy from us. So there's that. Uh, What else would I say in general? They're, they observe more than you think. <laughs> yes. Oh, and here's another one for people who are worried about doing a session with me and because they're afraid that, I don't know, I don't know, you know, being intimate with your partner and that those experiences are going to come out or, you know, there's this, none of that comes out. You, in look, you look over and the dog's like staring at you from the side of the bed. You're like, ah. Oh. Right. I know. And then I have a session with MP tomorrow. So is this going to come out in the session? That is so funny you say that. I think every dog (laughs) owner just laughed or rolled their eyes at that statement. um, Well, touching on that with with, with the session. So you book a session and you, you have the the dog with you and then you, you connect in. Like when we connected with you, we had some questions just about some certain behaviors, but we were also very, just Fiona and I open to the experience. Like whatever happens, happens. It's going to be fun. And we, we very much just like doing things like this. Cause like, Hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? It's going to be fun. Like it's going to be great. Yeah. So we didn't come with some pretty big agenda. We had some questions that we wrote down and things about just around her behavior, reactivity, some things that were happening, but otherwise it was more of just an experience for us. It wasn't a problem solving session to the same yeah. degree. And when people show up, is it all kinds? People like, I want to solve something or I just want to know something or, hey, I'm yep. here because it sounds fun. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't have to be that there's something wrong, right? So it can be, hey, I've got a senior pet and they have this illness that we're dealing with. What can we do to better help them? Um, hey, I've got this puppy who seems to be fixated on this. Um, I don't want them to be fixated on this. How can we help them here? Or, um, hey, I love my animal so much. I want to know where they want to go on vacation. Legit. Right? I love my animals so much. I want to Be careful. Know Har- Harley's listening. She just got right? up. So I don't want her to... I, I, she's going where we're going. But she, she hasn't got yet the permission to decide. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. That yeah, is so it fun. runs the whole gamut. So okay, it can Where be do they want to go on vacation? That's amazing. What's their favorite color? What clothes do they want? Because I have some clients who, you know... Uh, actually, I have of a lot of high profile clients. So that's pretty cool too. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, what kind of clothes do they want? What designer brand do they like? So it I love it. I love the it. whole I love it. spectrum. Yeah. That's the fun of it. And I, and I, for me, and it's maybe like, I know this can be around very serious things like illness or aging pets or things like that, but it's also just a lot of fun and having yeah. a pet is fun and it should be yeah. fun. And yeah. I, I don't know, I'm a big advocate. The amount of joy that's increased in my life exponentially since having the dog and then do having the experience with you just added to it. Cause it just inc- improved the connection with, with that animal. Which That's then, awesome. selfishly, life just gets more fun, like more more it joy, uh, more more joy, and more joy, and more love. Right? Um, yeah. People, is it easy to get in with you? Everything's done virtually too. Like, let's to be clear, you don't have to meet in person. And you shared no. that you actually rather do virtual because there's maybe less variables, but still the same amount of connection. 
that a safe, is that yeah, a safe way to say? Yeah, absolutely. So I okay. do in person as well. Um, and so anyone's welcome to reach out to me directly if they want to do an in-person session, whether that be through texting, email, or, um, you know, a Facebook message or what have you. So I do do in-person and uh, virtual as well. I like to do virtual sometimes with animals that are reactive or animals that are very sensitive to that other makes, people. That makes a ton, ton yeah, sense. because the thing is, is that um, animals have to manage not only me being in their house, but managing their owners responding to me because oftentimes we're meeting for the first time. So even if we've had a, a virtual consultation, there's still that energy that, you know, needs to um, dissipate when, um, when you first meet somebody in person and then having me and I smell like a cat. So sometimes that might be a trigger. So sometimes there's a lot of things to manage and being on zoom it's all energy. So I, I equate it to it's no different than turning on the light switch. You can't see the electricity go through the circuit, but you see the light come on, right? It's the same as your cell phone. You make the call on your cell phone, but you don't see the waves going through the air to the satellite to be able to make that call. That's exactly how my gifts work. So it's no different than being uh, in person. And, and I love how uh, we, we all trust that that's happening, but yet we question this other thing. <laughs> totally, totally, right? Yeah. Our world yeah, is yeah. full of magic if you want to get like really particular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- um, Cool. Okay, very so cool. So yeah, mm. it's both. Yeah, it's both. Oh, Mary Paulette, so awesome to chat with you and get to know you. And I love doing these episodes because, you know, you and I had an opportunity to work together and, and I've, I've experienced your services and your gifts and it's been amazing. And now getting it to unpack it and dig in and, you know, I could probably ask you 50 more questions, but for the sake of our audience, it's 56. We're just pushing on to the hour, right? but I hope people are left a little bit inspired, a little curious. I hope they have a smile on their face because I have a smile. This is why so it's my I. face right now yeah. <laughs> for this conversation and being able to work with someone who's truly has you know, run the the gauntlet in life to, to end up where they are because that's where they want to be doing the thing that they love to do. And that's exactly the kind of people I love to have on the show. So thank you for, for that because that how that transcends to the rest of us or, you know, gets muted to the rest of us in the world is a lot of fun. So thank you for the work you do. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you for your kind words as well. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I'm super approachable. And you had asked me before, how quickly can people get in? Yeah, so totally. I have my online bookings. Uh, so I do all of my bookings online. But if you've got an emergency issue, or you've got a lost pet or anything like that, just text me, text me. And because I always keep uh, windows open during the day. So so that I can nice. take emergent clients, right? So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, you're uh, marypaulette.com. Uh, yes. Or sorry, dot com. Is it .com? I'm on your, I'm, yeah, I quickly am on your, okay, perfect. I'm on your um, your page right now, marypaulette.com. And you're booking information. Check it out. Again, we all know how to find people these days, but it's yeah. pretty easy. You're, you're, and you do a great job on your social media, by the way, because I know oh, how thanks. much time and energy that takes. You're out there, you're posting, you're sharing your clients' pets' pictures. Like I do appreciate from a small business owner perspective how much time and energy, but also how important that is. So go high five on that one because you awesome, are you are you. you are awesome on your social media. You keep it tight. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. Thank you. Amazing. All right. High fives, big hugs. That was amazing chatting with you. I'm Mary Paulette. It was an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Oh, thank you so much, Tyler. I really appreciate it. It's been such a great conversation this morning. 